Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. This is the sermon from the Reverend Ann Coburn's memorial, preached by the Reverend Phil Burchard on June 24th, 2023. For more information about All Souls or sermons by All Soulsians, go to allsoulsparish.org. This morning we meet Jesus on the road, but first we actually meet two of his friends, two of his students, his followers, as they are leaving Jerusalem, and they are broken with grief. Because three days earlier their beloved teacher, mentor, and friend was killed, executed unjustly on trumped-up charges. There's also confusion in their grief. Because early that morning, some of the women in their group have come back with a report of an encounter with the divine messenger. And the news that their teacher is not dead, but alive again. It's in this state of both deep sorrow and slivers of hope that these two disciples meet a stranger on the road from Jerusalem. And somehow this stranger has never heard of what has just happened. But after hearing their story of pain and loss, this stranger spends the next several hours listening and teaching, encouraging them as they walk the road together. We're gathered here today to hold up to the light, the life of Anne Struthers Coburn. And in the myriad facets of those 74 years, Cape Cod lover, matriarch, Yukon women's basketball fanatic, <laughs> trailblazer, rabble rouser, Weaver of community, we are here to see reflected in those facets the light of God's resurrection shine. I had the privilege over the last year to spend time on many Tuesday afternoons with Anne in our chapel. Each Tuesday, we would celebrate the Eucharist together, often using a ceramic paten and chalice that Anne had acquired at one of the many general conventions that she had faithfully served as a deputy. And uh, at the beginning of our conversations, she knew that something in her body wasn't quite right. But her cancer diagnosis, let alone Metastatic cancer was not yet known. Each time we'd talk about the saint of the day for a bit, and then we'd check in about how she was feeling and what she saw ahead. 
Then we talk about her life as a priest, how her kids and her grandkids were doing, how justice is revealed, and what it takes for justice to last. Without fail, each time, she would ask how I was doing, ask about my boys, my wife. She'd chuckle about whatever tempest in a teapot was brewing in our parish. And then she would offer clear, grounded, unvarnished wisdom. The kind of wisdom that is gained through experience, that has been considered, tested, reflected upon. Hard-earned wisdom. She never tried to steer me in any particular direction. Instead, she offered me assurance. She pointed the way to wholeness. And she encouraged me, as in she gave me courage. That's one of the words that repeatedly comes up about Anne with people from across the Episcopal Church. Courage. So often when we think of courage, it's simply as a, straight, as a trait of those who engage in armed combat. But Anne lived out of a much fuller sense of courage. Her courage was the kind of courage that sociologist Brene Brown teaches about, that the essence of that word comes from the French word cœur, or heart. And it is seen and known through wholehearted living. By standing up for what you believe to be true, and standing alongside those in need of solidarity and support. It was this kind of courage that was necessary for Anne to be part of the first wave of women ordained in the Episcopal Church in 1977. And she wasn't just part of the first wave, enduring the slights and the insults, the snide remarks, the closed doors. Now, to return to the frame of our gospel today, Anne not only walked the path, she blazed a trail. And full of heart, Anne did not walk this path alone. She was a companion and a guide to scores and scores of others. The Episcopal Church that I grew up in, the Episcopal Church that we know today, was made possible because of the perseverance and witness and persistence and collaboration and skill and wry humor of Anne Coburn and many women like her. Many of you who are here today, online and in these pews. While Anne had little appetite for BS, which I dearly loved, she often did the hard and unseen work of reformation, of policies and structures and people. And we still have a ways to go, but it was thanks to the courage of Ann Coburn and those who preceded her, walked alongside her, and those who follow her, that our church is a more just and righteous body. 
and lived a kind of courage that is known when you stand alongside someone who is vulnerable. That's the kind of courage that led Anne to the West Bank over and over and over again. Guiding Christians to begin to understand what life is like for those in the West Bank and in Gaza and advocating for a practice of Christian awareness and responsibility in the Holy Land. You see, in all of her vocations, in congregations and in seminaries, in the pulpit and in legislative bodies, on this continent and others, and trusted and taught and led people how to live, fully live. And then at the end, and showed me and many others how to die. With grace and humility and, yes, courage, she did what was possible to overcome the cancer in her body. And then, when that was not possible, with that same courage, she began the work of ending her time on earth well. She simplified her life. She gave away her prized possessions. She slowly but surely gave control to Abby and Noah. <laughs> she made amends with family and friends. She said goodbye. She trusted in what lay ahead. And she loved all the way to the end. And so it's not just the image of Jesus on the road encouraging and teaching those disciples in our gospel text that resonates so truly for me today. It's also what happens because of what happens when the sun is setting and the day is past and the night is sure to follow on the road. With the light failing, the disciples begin to enter a nearby village called Emmaus, and Jesus, still appearing to be a stranger among them, makes as if he's going to go on ahead. I'm still not so sure why. But the disciples, they insist, come join us. And they continue this practice of hospitality that he had been teaching for years. And in an experience that would echo through millennia, all the way to this day at this table. Jesus said the prayers and held up the bread and broke the bread so that it could be shared. And it was in that moment when the bread was broken so that many could be fed that they recognized who they had been with this whole time. In that moment, they glimpsed Jesus the Christ. And it's my experience that this was the life of Ann Coburn, guiding people to glimpses of the risen Christ in this world, in the intimacies of our everyday lives, in our collective actions towards justice and wholeness. It was glimpsed in companionship and in conversation 
in prayer and discernment and solidarity and in vision. And Anne trusted that we could get these glimpses, these moments of the truth and the beauty and the love of God. And those glimpses are why we gather now to sing our truth, to share our love. Because those glimpses of God that Anne witnessed, that Anne guided other people to, those moments of resurrection and revelation broken open on the road and at the table, well, in this life, they were just that. They were glimpses. But we gather right now and sorrow and loss and hope and even in joy. Because Anne Coburn, child of God, sister, mother, grandmother, priest, advocate, and friend, Anne Coburn, who like all of us, only saw all that is in moments glimpsed, now fully, truly, completely knows the love of God.